Welcome to another episode of Across the Field. Double B and Brady coming at you again. Brady, how's it going this evening? Uh, going pretty good, Brett. How about you? Not too bad. I'm out in the cave. Uh, I've got the I guess, some NBA going on on one TV, and I got the, the Reds and Pirates going on on the other TV. So there you uh, go. Double dipping here. <laughs> so, uh, man, first thing I want to get into. Tell you what, let's let's talk Buckeye football because I was pretty excited. You know, I'm a big football guy, especially Buckeye football guy. Let's go ahead and just start there. Um, spring game was Saturday. What did you think of the performance of the Buckeyes? So, I I should start off with this, just a disclaimer, if you will. I <laughs> I still have not watched the whole game. But okay. I have watched a lot. I've seen a lot of the major parts, I feel like. Um, all the highlights and all that. And, I mean, I've watched parts of it. I don't know, Brett. I, I'm not going to overreact because it's yeah. – we're, mi- we're mid to late April here. Um, I, I'm not going to get too fired up yet about anything. Because, I mean, there's other things I have right now to get fired up about, like my Celtics and all that. But <laughs> I'm very, I I don't want to say I'm very concerned, but I have some legitimate concerns. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got a couple. Um, offensive line play is probably yeah. the, the first one that comes to mind. That is 1A for sure. Yeah. Um, I. Either our D line now, I will say this: the, I think the defensive line might be the strongest position group from what I've seen and what I've kind of heard and read and everything. Um, so unless the lines, the D line is that good, then maybe. But like the offensive line was atrocious. Like let's just call it what it is. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't real impressed. So yeah, that, that, for me, that's the biggest concern is the offensive line. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it just looks spotty and I know, I mean, you have to replace three starters. I mean, three pretty reliable guys. And I know we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. And of course you and Peyton got to touch on it a lot. And I mean, it's not that the offensive line was dominant, but I mean, they were very, very good, at least in pass pro, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think when you lose guys that are that good and with that much experience, experience more than anything, because, I mean, obviously, it's Ohio State. You're going to have four- and five-star recruits stepping in there. But still, I mean, it just seems like it takes time for the offensive line to uh, gel and mesh together. And I, sure. I, think that, I think that's something that's often overlooked. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree with that. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of new faces up there. So again, not overreacting, but that was the first thing that kind of jumped out at me. You know, everybody wants to talk about Kyle McCord's numbers, but he was on the move a lot Yep. Um, because of past pro. And then, you know, again, I, I want to get back to run the ball. I think one of obviously our deepest rooms with everybody coming back healthy is that running back position. There's five legit guys that you could throw out there. Um, 
and I don't know who that's going to be, obviously. But to me, the concern is with the offensive line. I thought the run game was okay, but nothing fantastic either. So, again, that's that's just my biggest concern is the O-line. Um, I'm not going to read too much into to Kyle McCord's performance. Um, I thought it was okay, but it wasn't fantastic either. The one thing I'll say about Kyle McCord's performance from what I've seen is, number one, he didn't push the ball downfield very much. No. and Which, I mean, he didn't have time. So, you know, we'll, we'll cut him a break there. But he really could have slammed the door or maybe not slammed the door, but really taken a huge jump and given the fan base a ton of faith. I thought if he would have had a really good performance on Saturday. Sure, sure. And it just wasn't that. It, it was pretty underwhelming. Not that it was horrible, but, I mean, I feel like he could have really set himself apart and he was unable to do that. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, <laughs> kind of eat my words here, but, you know, I was hard on CJ as far as, you know, when when games were going on last year that he wouldn't take off or extend plays or whatever. But the spring game is like the perfect game for CJ because it just kind of feels like it's got a little bit of that seven-on-seven feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we've been spoiled the last, especially last year in a spring game. You know, like that, that, that just, that suits CJ Stroud. And so we know what CJ would have done. It would have just been dink dunk. We'd have moved it right down the field and scored when they did through the ball, you know? So, yeah. To compare Kyle to him is unfair, but I think, I don't know, I was just a little, Buckeye fans, I think in general, were just probably a little uneasy that it, it wasn't as easy as we've seen, I guess. Yeah. I and, and here's where my real concern lies is the offense has been so good, I thought. I mean, I, I think they really displayed how good they were last year against Georgia. I mean, with mm-hmm. Stroud and all the weapons, you know, it, it's it's been pretty special the past couple of years and beyond that even. But we're talking about these concerns that we have with offensive line play and, uh, you know, potentially quarterback play, and we haven't even mentioned this defense. And yeah, <laughs> and that, and you know, the defensive line looked good, but going against a um, inexperienced offensive line, I, I just don't have a ton of faith in the defense, and still, until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah. And so w- when you start to list off concerns being on the offensive side of the ball, that's what really kind of deep down has me a bit worried here, but I know it's really early. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's early. And you know, like that's the thing at at first, my first reaction from the game Saturday was boy, our offense really struggled. And, you know, I mean, would they put up 30, 34 points or whatever it was, 31 points, I think somewhere in there. And one of those touchdowns was Archie Griffin. (laughs) Right. So, um, to only score 24 throughout the entire spring game, to me, obviously, was was a bit concerning. Now, I guess let's look at the positives. Um, the defense looked good, but again, you know, what, what are you really gauging on there? Uh, defensively, was there a guy that, that stood out to you? 
I don't know about stand. I mean, necessarily standing out. I'm I'm really excited about Sonny Styles. Still, mm-hmm. I I mean, I I think he has a chance to really be a leader on the back end of things for the Buckeyes. So he's one guy. I mean, I didn't think that he necessarily stood out a ton on Saturday, but I'm I'm still really excited about him. Yeah, and his his play was kind of. I felt like he was he was with the ones and the twos. Like I yeah. felt like he was on the field a lot there in the first half, especially. Didn't really see much the second half. Of course, I kind of uh, fell asleep the second, like not literally, but <laughs> just kind of quit caring the second yeah. half. I guess. Yeah, especially the fourth quarter. But um, seemed like he's getting a lot of reps, so that's good. I thought the one guy that played pretty well was uh, Denzel Burke for sure, yeah. um, but. You know, and everything I'm hearing is, you know, he's playing pretty well in practice and everything. So, as skilled as our receivers are, um, you know, not, you know, Marv didn't play a whole bunch and Mecca didn't play and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, in practice, if he's going against those guys, from what I'm hearing is, like, the only guy that he can't cover is Marv. So, yeah. Like that's a plus because I don't think anybody's covering Marv one on one. So exactly. And I mean he let's be honest, he regressed so much last year. It it, it was mm-hmm. really discouraging. And so just to hear all the positive reports um on him coming out, you know, of Ohio State camp there, I I think that's really encouraging because the Buckeyes are gonna have to get back to that where we have at least one really solid not necessarily i mean a lockdown guy but you got to have one guy that's really really solid for you and i i think burke has the best chance of being that guy yeah for sure um another guy that really stood out to me uh cj hicks yes i thought he played pretty well and everything i'm hearing he's having a good camp so um pretty excited to see him i think he's he's gonna have to be on the floor or on the floor, I'm watching basketball at the same time. <laughs> there, but he's going to have to be on the field somewhere, I would think. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that's interesting that I've seen just a little bit of chirping about on Twitter is that it seems like Ohio State pretty loyal to um, older veteran guys mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball and not necessarily playing younger guys or getting them the reps that they deserve even though, you know, they might be coming in as more talented players. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I do think it's something to maybe keep in the backs of our mind, you know, as we listen to what's coming out of Columbus the next few months and then into September, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So I didn't think it was terrible. Um, And again, at first I was pretty irritated, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, let's just, let's pump the brakes. It's April. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of time to grow and develop and, and who knows, even with the quarterback position, like maybe that's not even the guy we're going to see. Yeah, it, exactly. And so that that's exactly where I'm at too, Brad. I'm trying, you know, to not get too worked up about it, keep a positive frame of mind. Um, and I know that this is looking way ahead still, but, um, I mean, even before the big one in November, going, going to South Bend. Yeah, game of the year frightens me, and and I know that the Buckeye fans out there, um, and just people in general that are kind of Notre Dame haters, I guess, that will laugh at that. Um, 
I've seen that the Buckeyes are like ten and a half point favorites for that game right now, but, which really surprises me on the road. But you know, you look at all these question marks that Ohio State has on both sides of the football, and then starting off at Indiana, and then Youngstown State and Western Kentucky, and then you have to go to South Bend. I mean, that is a huge wake up call, and probably not going to be tested in those first three games. So that that's just a scary game to me and I don't have a great yeah. feeling about it right now. Yeah, no, I mean I'm with you. Um to me, you know, one thing I've thought about with the schedule, as you mentioned, Indiana shouldn't be close, but going on the road mm-hmm. um and it and it's a conference game. So, you know, you gotta you gotta be ready to play. So like I feel like we've we're we're getting a few buy games in, I guess. Yeah. Um, before we get there and not just jumping right into the Notre Dame game, which is fantastic, but you know, it's just, we still got to be ready week one. I mean, we, we don't have to play a perfect game, but we got to find a way to go to Bloomington and come out with a win. Exactly. And you know, I mean, with the Notre Dame game in particular, I think back to last year, which I know it was the first game of the season, but that was night game in the shoe. Great atmosphere, big deal. And sure. I think, you know, you can look back now on last year, and I think Ohio State's roster, I mean, pretty far superior talent-wise, I would say, to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And still kind of struggled in that game. Now, I know it was the first game of the season, but, I mean, when you look at that, IU, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, I agree with you. Going to Bloomington won't be a cakewalk, but still it's going to kind of be like the first game of the year for the Buckeyes in some senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. No, I I totally get that. Totally agree there. But um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll. <laughs> it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll probably talk about that game a few more times before I kicks off. Well, maybe <laughs> we, we might we might get to that. <laughs> um, moving right along here, let's kind of shift gears. I did you watch any other spring games? Because I did not. I did not. No. Okay. All right, so we'll move along. Um, real quick, let's talk uh, the high school level, and we're going to start with softball. And I know you've been uh, watching the Lady Raiders a bunch. Um, so this is we're, we're recording here Thursday night. You know, all these games are finished for today. Uh, Wayne Trace loses to Fairview tonight, uh, nine to two, um, and they they've been on this losing streak here. Um, all this week, uh, Brady, go ahead and, and, and touch on kind of what's going on with the Lady Raiders, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, just in a crazy slump right now. I mean, really the whole team. Um, a lot of talent on this Wayne Trace softball team. I believe they returned seven starters from last year's regional uh, semifinalist team. Yeah. And uh, just, just in a huge slump right now team-wise. Uh, but – there's a lot of talent on that team, and I mean, I still believe that they're going to get things turned around and start playing their best ball here, but uh, I mean, you look at it, we're already 20th, 20th of April, so just, I mean, really about two to three weeks left of regular season, then it's got to be go time, and I mean, there's been a lot of good weather here, which is a blessing and a curse. I think all coaches would tell you that, because yeah, you're getting a lot of games in, but you're not getting a lot of practice time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they, they drop. I, I haven't seen any other softball scores from this evening. Um, I don't know if you have or not, but let's just talk about the GMC in general. Fairview is obviously a pretty solid team. Um, you were over there this evening, correct? I, I did not go tonight. Okay. No, but I've heard really good things about Fairview. They are undefeated, I believe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the real deal. Uh, I know I saw Tenora last week. They're very good also. Um, and then I haven't seen Edgerton, but they are 4-1 and one in the GNC in softball also. And then you have Ayersville. They're at 4-3-2. at three and two. And, and they're a solid team. I've gotten to see them. I saw them once over the weekend. So kind of some balance in the middle of the pack there. But I think Fairview, probably the clear favorite to win uh, the league in softball. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's transition over to baseball, and we'll start with our own Raiders again. Get a big one tonight over at Fairview, seven to four, I believe. Um, and the Raiders moved to ten and one on the season. Uh, playing pretty good baseball right now. They're playing really well, uh, really, really well. And I got to watch them. We recorded whatever night that was last week. I got to watch them at Hicksville the following night and it was a game where they didn't play very well for the first four innings. And then just all at once got it together and we're really clicking and um, they they're tough, man. I don't want to hype them up too much because I want those guys to stay hungry and motivated and after it. But I mean, they they are a really, really solid and sound baseball team. And I think there's a lot to be excited about there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so congratulations to them. And then the Paulding Panthers put one down on Edgerton tonight, uh, 15 to three. Uh, obviously I haven't seen Paulding yet this year, but, um, that really shocked me. Not that Paulding won, but just the, the, how bad they won, I guess. Yeah. You know, you look at Paulding, their start to the season in baseball and really their body of work so far. There's a couple games in there and scores that would surprise you. And then we've been hearing uh, great things about Edgerton. And, I mean, obviously they've been playing really well. But tonight, Paulding finally gets it going and maybe kind of snuck up on Edgerton a little bit, I'm guessing. But, uh, nonetheless, huge win for the Panthers and Coach Barton's club. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm just kind of scrolling through here to see if uh, I've got so many other GMCs, but I haven't seen any. Um trying to look for an Antwerp score, but I'm not sure on that one yet. So, um, but they're playing pretty well right now too, I believe. So yeah, start starting to get it together. So all, all three County schools in baseball starting, starting to play better, especially Paulding and Antwerp. Wayne Trace has been solid all year long, of course. Yep. All right. About all I got there again, I'll prepare a little yep. bit better next week. I haven't looked at hardly any baseball other than, uh, following the Raiders a little bit or softball. So I apologize, but, uh, all right, man, let's get moving. Let's talk. You want to talk some MLB quick? Sure. All right. How's your Red Sox doing? Um, not great. Not awful. Could be way worse, but here's the deal. The AL East is really, really good. I don't know if anybody's going to catch the Rays. They look like the best team in baseball by a lot. And, And I know that they, have had a pretty easy schedule to start things off here, but yeah. I don't care who you're playing like 16 and three 
that's really <laughs> sad. I mean, that, that that's crazy. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Yankees are going to be right there. And then Baltimore's playing well. Toronto's playing well. And so the Red Sox are now, they're back up to 500. They're 10 and 10. But it's like every day I check scores and the Rays won, the Yankees won, the Orioles won. And it's like, I, I don't know how the Red Sox are ever going to gain any ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the Yankees are 12 and 7. They won this afternoon, uh, taking two out of three from the Angels. So um, that's good. And they've got uh, Toronto the next three days. So over the weekend um at home so we'll see where they go there i've watched probably shoot uh, i would say right around eight nine games mm-hmm. uh, of new york and uh they're playing pretty well uh when they hit the ball obviously they're a lot better when they could go yards so um that's their key all the time and i'm not going to get real excited because Every year I get real excited at the beginning and then they let me down. So <laughs> we're just not, <laughs> we're not going to jump on that just yet, but there you go. starting off, starting off strong. Starting yeah. Off strong. They're, they're going to be solid. I mean, I mean you know, they're going to be there in, in the end that they'll be playing postseason baseball. Yeah. Just don't know. Just don't know what happens yeah. when, when that rolls around. I'm trying to jinx them. <laughs> well, I think they're allergic to October. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk NBA. That's what I've really been geared up for. Um, now that we've watched, I know game threes are starting tonight, um, but we've we've got two games in from everybody. Right now, game three, Brooklyn's got a one-point lead over Philly uh, in the third quarter, 66-65. But, Brady, let's start with this. I'm going to ask you, who's been the most surprising team to you thus far in the NBA playoffs? I think the most surprising is definitely Sacramento. I mean, yeah. 2-0. And, and it was kind of disrespectful towards the end of the regular season because there was rumors that teams in the Western Conference were gunning for the sixth seed, you know, maybe trying to lose games because they all wanted to play Sacramento. The yeah. Warriors get it. And the Warriors, as the sixth seed, are heavy favorites. And the Kings go up two games to none, which mm-hmm. Golden State's been horrible on the road all season. Like, it, it doesn't even make any sense how bad they've been on the road and how good they've been at home. It, it's bizarre for a veteran team. But, yeah, you know, the Kings now up two games and playing tonight uh, in San Francisco, but no Draymond Green. I mean, they're going to have a chance to win again, even though it's on the road. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Draymond Green situation. I, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, go ahead. I'll let you start. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, he, he stomped <laughs> on the guy, you know? So, so, I mean, I, I'd say definitely, you know, he needed to be ejected. Like it's, it, it's way too much. Like there's clearly another way to go about it. And like, maybe Sabonis grabbed his leg. Like, yeah, but like, in that situation, you have to keep your head. And, like, he knows that. And that, that, I think that's the frustrating thing with him is he is a veteran player and obviously has the history with officials, with ejections, with technicals and all that and just continues to do things. And then everyone acts shocked when he doesn't get away with it. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to my next question. Do you think 
that's why he got the suspension just because of his past. Do you think the past had something to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly do. And I mean, maybe it's fair, maybe it's not, I don't really know, but I mean, that's the fact of the matter. And I think it's hard for his past not to factor into something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And here's, I, I'm kind of torn on it. Um, and I guess where I'm, where I'm going to go with this is like, I obviously he should have been ejected. I mean, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do what he did, but in this kind of, in the playoffs, when things are amplified and you're, you're letting guys play this physical, um, to suspend him for a game, I don't know. I, I just, I wasn't a big fan of it. I mean, obviously nothing's going to change, but you're giving Sacramento, like, <laughs> I mean, that's a huge loss. That's a huge loss for, for Golden State. So now you're giving Sacramento a chance to go up 3-0. Um, before we even really blink here. Yeah, and so he, he, here's the thing with Draymond. I am I'm a I'm a pretty big Draymond fan, and I, and I stick up for him a lot because I think he brings a ton of value to mm-hmm. what the Warriors do. I think he's a good player. I think he's a very smart player. But the Warriors are more than capable than winning without him. I mean, he, he's not that type of player. He's not a top 15, 20 player in the sure. league. No. So, you know, I, I think if it's Steph, you know, let's say Steph does that. Steph obviously doesn't have the history, but let's say he does that and then they suspend him for game three. Then it's like, to me, it's like, oh, my goodness, like this series is over. Like the Warriors are done now and they just got it taken away from him by a suspension that's kind of mm-hmm. – 50-50. I don't think that's necessarily the case with Draymond. No, it's not. It's not. It's it's it's, it's a it's a big blow, obviously. And right. Um, but you know they I, they could certainly win tonight. And they could certainly win. You know they could win the next two and even things up going back to Sacramento for sure. So like that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I still think in the end Sacramento probably wins the series. Um, and that's easy to say that they're up 2-0, but um, they're the better team. I'll tell you one thing that Golden State needs. They need Jordan Poole to show up. He looks terrible. Oh, my. He, I does, mean, not, he does not look good at all. No, he's just flop. I, 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 it, it was kind of – I mean, even last year in the playoffs when and they won the title, which – you know, but it, in games when he when Poole played well, they won, and then in games when he didn't play well, they lost. Well, fortunately for them, he played more good games than bad games. But I mean, mm-hmm. he's not given them anything, much of anything, right now. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's bad, it's bad. So they're they're going to need some guys to step up tonight for sure. Um, I think. You know, Golden State's a six and a half point favorite at home. Um, I don't know that they cover that, but I think they win tonight. Sac- Sacramento, <laughs> Sacramento, better be careful. And, and I know they're up two zero, but it just feels like when you play the Warriors, like if Sacramento wanted to win this series, it was like they had to go up two games to none. Like if it was one yeah. one, I'd be like, yeah, Warriors are winning for sure. Yeah, and I still think the Warriors. 
might win the series in seven. Just kind of feels like that to me. I because I I think so. Here's the thing: I think Sacramento needs to win tonight because if Golden State wins tonight and it's two to one, Draymond's coming back for the next one. They're not going to lose that game at home, so it's going to be two two to two, and then it's just a best of three from there. And Golden State has the momentum, so yeah, I, I think Sacramento really needs to win tonight. And if they win tonight, it's over with. I don't see Golden State winning four in a row. No, but, no. I mean the Warriors are right back in it if they win tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that'll transition right into the to the next uh, series I want to talk about because obviously rooting for Braun and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wouldn't it be interesting if Golden State find finds a way to come back and beat Sacramento, and they get to play Memphis, and we get the Draymond Dylan Brooks matchup? Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. But I, I, I mean, are, are you counting? Are you counting the Lakers out already? No, I'm not. I'm not counting them out already because I think they're going to win the series. But all I'm getting at is, man, I would love to see that because I don't know if either one of them would play all seven games. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any shot either one of them would. I mean, how many ejections would there be? Just those two guys. Wow. Yeah, that that would be fun. That would be NBA playoffs at its finest. Like, just as much pettiness as possible. Oh know? yeah, it would make it would make for great television. Oh yeah, but I will say this: um, let's talk about the Lakers real quick. And I, obviously, huge getting one on the road. Um, let one slip last night. Uh, you know, without Ja, but. You know, I still think the Lakers are probably in control of this series right now. They're in good shape if Anthony Davis shows up. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't understand him because, it, like, his motor just – it's just not it. Like, some nights he looks like a top-five player in basketball, and then other nights, like last night, I mean, that was pitiful. Oh, it was bad. I'm over him. I'll be yeah. Honest. I don't want to go off on a rant here, but I, I, I don't know. I, I Exactly what you said. There's times I love watching him play, and there's other times that I could just strangle him. I could just go through my TV and just strangle him because I just I think he hurts you sometimes more than he helps you. Yep. And, and he, here's the thing I'll say with Anthony Davis, and this isn't necessarily his fault, but he is injured so often. Like, yeah. We saw it in game one, you know, like he had to leave the game. And then luckily he's able to come back and play. But, I mean, I was texting a buddy last night and we were like, I mean, it, it feels like it's almost guaranteed he's going to get banged up in some way. Like Every before game. this series is over, right? Yeah. 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 So it, it's just hard to pay a player for, for me in my eyes, I guess. It'd be hard for me to pay a player that much money that you know, I mean, he's going to miss a lot of time, considerable amounts of time every year. And then in the playoffs, when you need your best players to play 36 to 42 minutes a night, I mean, he's not going to be able to handle that. Yeah. And I want to go back and and just one particular play last night stands out in my mind and it was in the first half and it might have even been the first quarter. Um, Real early in that game, like – this dude can't walk and chew gum without getting hurt, it seems like. Yeah. You know, and 
there was a play last night where he was involved in a pick and roll situation. And this is first quarter. It was kind of a pick and pop. He catches it about the elbow, 15 footer, wide open, nobody around him. All he's got to do is shoot a 15 footer. Now for AD with nobody around him, that's probably automatic, right? Right. This dude drives in, creates contact, gets the foul called on Jaron Jackson Jr., which is huge, but in the same time, drives in, and he comes down holding his hip a little bit, the same hip that he's had problems with. It's like, dude, why do you not try to protect yourself? Like, you went to the line and got two points anyway, and I know you got a foul out of a guy, but why not just shoot that jump shot? Yeah, yeah, like, like exactly. Like, just shoot the jumper. <laughs> we'll take the two points over the injury. You know, I mean, it, exactly. It, it seems simple. And you you think a guy like him that has been through so many injuries and continues to go through that seems like on an every game basis, like that he would shy away from the contact more. But it, I mean, a lot of times it feels like he's creating it and playing kind of reckless. Exactly. Exactly. That That is exactly my point. That was just one play that I can remember. I mean, there's been other times throughout both games that I thought, just shoot the ball. I mean, what? I don't. I don't get the point of trying to go in there and get yourself banged up. And as you mentioned, both games he's been hurt. I mean, he had to leave game one right before halftime, um, and then game two, he gets involved in a jump ball situ- situation, and he gets clubbed in the head, gets yep. hit across the face, not not on purpose, but, and then he's holding himself there, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, <laughs> just try to protect yourself, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so I, he was good in game one, and before he got hurt, they're able to pull out the win because Reeves and Rui had career games. Yeah. Um, and then last night, game two, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to get that again probably ever from Reeves and Rui. I mean, especially on the same night. I mean, those guys were unbelievable. Um, so here we go. AD needs you, and he goes four for 14, shooting 13 points. Like, can't have it. You got to have 25 from him if you want to win a playoff series. Yep, for sure. For sure. It, I, I just, I don't know with him. Um, but I thought LeBron's been good in both games. I don't think he's been fantastic. Um, Austin Reeves has been phenomenal, I thought, in both mm-hmm. games. So another good series, another interesting series. I think the Lakers are in control right now. Um, and I would say that they're probably, I, I think they take game three Saturday night. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. So, yeah, it's going to be a big one. I mean, LeBron, LeBron hasn't been like spectacular yet, but he's just being LeBron, you know, game one and game two of the playoffs. He's just kind of getting his teammates involved, uh, feeling the series out. He was able to split one, you know, split on the road. So, I mean, he, he knows he, he's right where he needs to be. Yeah, and let me say this. After game one, I saw a bunch of people on Twitter, and maybe I should just stay off social media, because for about four possessions, he just stood on the wing and didn't do anything, and people are just blowing him up that he's not even involved, he's not playing. Okay, let's think, and this is when Reeves was kind of taking over the game there late in the fourth quarter of game one. Okay you're not going to leave the guy wide open. So, yeah, he's not touching the ball, but the mismatch 
was Reeves, Austin Reeves, making stuff happen, pick and roll situation, and you got to respect LeBron. So he's spacing mm-hmm. the floor out. So it's like, yeah, he wasn't hitting the shots or making the passes, but like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people are blowing him up, you know, yeah. so on on social media. Yeah, and and the one time Reeves drove and they left LeBron a little bit, and he stepped into a three from the right wing and knocked yeah. it down, catching Drilled the three. It. And I think it says a lot about LeBron that even in a game one where they're trying to steal a big win on the road, he's willing to give that up. You know, he didn't have to be in control. He's willing to trust his teammate. I, I think that says a lot about him, and it was kind of Austin Reeves' game and paid off for him. Yeah, and then obviously in game two, I felt like he took over a little bit more, uh, especially late, trying to get things going, played out of the post, forced double teams. Um, so, you know, I, it's a long series, but I just I get tired of people knocking on him all the time. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I get it. Yeah. But here we are, here we are. And I'm not saying he's fantastic all the time, but here we are. Uh, let, let's keep on moving, though. Let's jump to, well, let's just stay in the West. Suns Clippers tied 1-1. Game three going down tonight, 10-30, about an hour from now. Um, (laughs) What do you think about this series? And I believe they're without Kawhi tonight. Yeah, Kawhi's not playing. Um, No Paul George either, I believe, still. Phoenix is going to win. I think they're going to win this series in five. I I, I just don't get it with the Clippers. I mean, they brought in Kawhi and Paul George to play together, and this has happened every year now. Load managed the whole year. They don't get their core group playing together. Then they try to put it all together at once in the playoffs, and those guys just can't handle it, and it doesn't just click like that for them. So now you got Paul George that's hurt and Kawhi. I don't even know what's going on with him. If they're like load managing in the playoffs, that's pretty bold to me. I, yeah, I, it, it, it just disgusts me, and, and I think Phoenix is going to – I think they're going to win the next three games. Y'all I heard with Kawhi was uh, knee soreness. Yeah, like, come on. Everybody's sore. It's April, dude. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I agree with you. Um, I will say when Kawhi does play – I mean, playoff Kawhi is is something fantastic. Yeah, um, he yeah. was he was really really good in game one. Oh, he's he's unbelievable on both ends. You know, he's one of the best two way players in the game when he plays for the forty <laughs> games you get him a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I think the Suns. Um, I think they take the series, even though the Clippers have have been. Um, they might have been the better team for both games, honestly. But as you said, if those guys aren't playing, I just don't think they have a shot. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Phoenix Phoenix is weird. They're still trying to piece it together too. It's they are. Like they're still trying to figure everything out because Chris Paul wants the ball and Booker wants to do his thing, and then you bring in probably the best offensive player in the league. So they're, they'll get it figured out, though. I have a lot of faith in those guys because they play hard on both ends. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's go to the other game in the West. Uh, Denver leads 2 nothing over Minnesota. Not a whole lot to say there. Do you think Minnesota could even win a game in this no, series? No, I, I think it's a sweep. Denver looks good. 
and Jamal Murray is really playing. I know Ooh. last night he had a big game, and he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Time. He sure is. I mean, he, he appears like that. He He's big time off the dribble. And him and uh, Joker in the pick and roll, man, it, it, it's lethal. Nasty. It's nasty. Um, clean sweep there. I'm going Nuggets clean sweep. Yep. Okay. Let's go to the East. And let's start with this or this game going on right now with uh, Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Brooklyn right now currently has a six-point lead um, heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, looks like they could win tonight, but to me, I think this is Philadelphia series. Agree. Huge third quarter there by the Nets, by the way. Sixers look like they were in control of this game. Yeah. I. I do think Brooklyn will get one, whether it's tonight or in game four, but I, I think Philly wins it at home in five. Yeah, that's kind of what I was – I think they – I think Brooklyn will probably get them tonight. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Philly wins in five. Um, Embiid's really – obviously, he's stellar. He's really good. Um, he is. Harden's playing really well. Tobias Harris, I mean, they Tyrese Maxey, I mean, the list goes on and on. They've got a pretty solid team, so um, I'm going to take – I would agree with you. I'll take the Sixers and five as well. Um, and then let's talk about the um, the other one, the Bucks Heat. That one tied at one apiece. Uh, their game three is Saturday at 730. Um, what do you think about this series? That's been pretty interesting. It has, and I really thought Miami had a chance to knock them off because I thought <laughs> they could get it done last night, and the Bucks don't have Giannis, and they shoot 25 for four, uh, 25 for 49 from three. Just That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just crazy. So the Heat, who normally don't score that much, they scored 122 last night and lose by 15. Yeah. Yeah. They wow. It was it was something special last night for sure. Um let's talk about Tyler Hero. Uh with him not playing or him getting hurt, that really kills Miami. Yeah, it, it's huge because you know, Jimmy Butler obviously he's gonna do his thing, he's gonna show up in the big moments, but when he goes out of the game, they need that they need Hero to be that facilitator for them offensively. And without him they really don't have it. I mean, they have Duncan Robinson and Struess that are shooters. Uh, Gabe Vincent can play the point a little bit. Bam inside. I mean, I, I think they gave Victor Oladipo a little bit more run last night, but I, I don't know that he's the answer. Kyle Lowry, he, he's aging, so I I don't think the Heat are going to be able to get it done. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Heat are always a tough out, and Jimmy Butler always steps up in the big moments. So maybe – they push this thing to six or seven, but I still think Milwaukee pulls it out. Yeah, and the way it's – I mean, Giannis is coming back, right, for game three, the way it sounds. I, it's the way it sounds, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we won't know more till like, tomorrow or Saturday, but um, I, I would think – and that's the thing, like, I just don't know. When that guy's on the floor, <laughs> not many guys in the league that can guard him, especially no. anybody on Miami's roster. No, yeah, he's the best player. Um, n- not to get off on a 
tangent or a debate here, but what, what was your take on like the jaw and Giannis injuries? I know there was a lot of talk, people like saying that the charge needs to be eliminated from basketball, you know, because mm. guys sliding underneath with Giannis and jaw driving to the rim. I didn't know what your take was on that. I'll tell you what, I've not been a fan of the offensive foul, the charge. I've not, <laughs> I've not been a fan of that for a long time. Um, and here, here's what I'll say. More so when it's the secondary defender. Mm-hmm. So when guys come over to help and, and kind of slide underneath. But here's the thing. What I'm going to say about the NBA. Um, when you're seven foot tall and you can do the things you do and you jump so high, what do you think is going to happen? I'm talking Giannis more in particular. But what do you think is going to happen when your head is – you know, 12 feet in the air and you come down on top of somebody. I mean, you're going to get hurt. So like, here's my thing. Don't go in there or or shoot a little pull up over top of them. Like you got to know help's coming, right? Yeah. And and it's, it's Ja and Giannis. And it's kind of ironic that it happened to both of them in the same day because they do it worse than anybody else in the league. Like, sure. Like they drive to the rim and, and they're both, you know, super athletic and fast. And so they get there, um, and, and they're going to go up. But, like, they go up for these dunks, and I'm like, can you not see these two or three humans, like, standing in front of you? <laughs> like, like you're not going to be able to land. Like, like, what's the thought process here? Right. And we see and, – and, and so for Ja, yeah, like, what is he, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah. I mean, maybe not even that. Um, and the dude's got mad hops, for real. But – yeah, he, he does it all the time. Even in, during the season, he's he's wanting to do the highlight reel all the time. And it's like, you're trying to jump over one or two or three guys. Like, what what do you think is going to happen? So, yeah, it, like, it, it's just not sustainable. And, like, take, for example, LeBron, who has, you know, his whole career been like that type of athletic. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that he's never had major injuries, you know, I mean, because he's smart with his body. Like how many times have you ever seen LeBron go into a crowd like that and just completely leave his feet out of control? I mean, it's never happened. That's why he's lasted so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Like I said, I hate, I hate, I don't really hate it. It's just, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine with the secondary defender. Um, But, again, I don't think you just eliminate an offensive foul or, or the charge from, you know, the any sort of basketball, let alone the NBA. Yeah, that's it. And, and I get where people say it's frustrating and it's not a basketball play, which, um, yeah, to some degree I, I would agree with. But, like, if you eliminate the offensive foul altogether, I mean, Giannis and Embiid are going to score 70 points a game. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, so yeah. I, I – I, I, it's never going to happen, but I, I I think it's kind of foolish to say eliminate the offensive foul or the charge altogether. Well, and and here's my thing: like, how do you get away from it? So, like, it's not like we just invented this ten years ago. Yeah, there's always yeah. been such thing as an offensive foul or a charge. It's just in the last ten or fifteen years, people really take advantage of it. Like, as far as defensive rotations, like, hey, if this guy gets cooked because we have to guard him tighter you could be in good help position and get run over. Yeah. And, so, and, and, you, yeah. go ahead. 
Well, I, I was just going to say the same people that complain about the charge not being a basketball play are the same people that complain about games being more and more low scoring and the game being so physical. And Correct. if you if you eliminate the offensive foul, it's going to get way more physical and goofy. Yep, for sure. For sure. And, and here's – I bet it was about a month ago I watched Wayne Trace um, – Akron St. V from 2001. Mm-hmm. Yes, 2001. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and again, the game's played totally different, right? Than now yeah. than it was then. I mean, that was 20 plus years ago. Yeah. There was twice that a Wayne Trace player, one of them, I believe was Jake Sin, might have been both of them where LeBron or another player from Akron St. V was on his way to the rim and they slid over and took a charge. Mm-hmm. So like this, this didn't just start happening. Yeah. Now, I mean, it, it happens more and more now, I feel like, but this has been going on since as long as I can remember. Yeah. So <laughs> to just get away with it or get rid of it, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So don't be an idiot. Don't drive in there and try to dunk on three guys. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Okay. I kind of forget where we left off there. Uh, who else haven't we covered in the East? Is that everybody except Boston? Uh, Cavs next, too. Oh, yeah. Cavs next. That's a good. great series. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What do you think of that? It's really good. So game one, um, you know, Mitchell was tremendous, but didn't get much help. And then in game two, the Cavs just fired on all cylinders. Garland played really well. LeVert played really well. The The thing is, the Cav, I think the Cavs are really good, but I think the Knicks are a bad matchup for them. So mm-hmm. I think the Cavs are the better team, and I think Cleveland will win the series. I'd still pick them to win, but it's going to be tough for them, and they need to get one of the next two in New York. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um they they have to go back, have to go back to Cleveland tied two two or uh, or up three to one, but yeah I agree with you I think Cleveland's the better team. Um, real quick we're um, talk about the physical play. Um, did you watch game two the other night? Yeah yeah. Do you, you catch the end on the turnover and the whole Jared Allen trying to block Julius Randle's shot and that whole sure debacle? Yep, sure did. What do you think um, of that? Basketball play, yes, but, like, just sensible play with time and situation, absolutely not. So, so I wasn't I wasn't really a fan of it at all. Again, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, not only did you almost hurt their guy, but you almost hurt yourself. Like, yeah. yeah. Let's make a business decision here. Yeah. And, and he, he was you're saying, up, you know. You're up 20 I, with two minutes to get. Yeah, and, and they had him mic'd up, and he was saying it's a basketball play, basketball play, which, I mean, technically, yes, it's a great play and a clean play if the game is tied at 102 or something, but you're down right. by 20. Like, give up. It's over. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and that I mean, that's just common sense. I mean, these guys are professionals. They've played basketball their whole lives. So, I, I yeah, I, I didn't think it was a great, great play or great look at all. Now – about two minutes before that, um, you know, I was listening to to the guys calling the game. Reggie Miller was calling the game, and he said about that 
three, four minute mark, he's like, okay, we need to start getting guys out of the game. Like it's over. Yep. And literally, I mean, what was it? Not even a minute later that play happens. And, and in my head, I'm thinking the same thing. Like at some point when you're playing a seven game series and you get down by 20 points or up by 20 points, like, I know you want to close the game, but like, we, you got to kind of be smart about it too. I mean, you've got more games to play here. You haven't won anything yet, so. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought both sides. It was kind of odd, but then you look at Cleveland, you know, their key guys, they all, they were in control of that game the whole way, and their whole team still ended up playing, like, north of 35 minutes. So, just, yeah. just way too much. Yep, I agree. I agree. So, I think it's going to exhaust Cleveland, but I, I, I think they probably get the job done. Um, and win the series. Now, <coughs> let's move on to your Celtics, who hold a 2-0 lead over the Hawks. Boy, they're cooking right now. They're playing really well. Yeah, I, I can't decide if if the Hawks are, like, maybe the worst team in the playoffs or if the Celtics are just playing that well or if it's a combination. Um, Celtics look good, and the key for them is Rob Williams inside because when he's healthy – not only is he one of the best shot blockers in the league and a key for them defensively, but he is just such a lob threat on the inside. He gets them about 8 to 12 points a game that they don't have. I mean, when he's not out there, just cheap putbacks and dunks off of lobs. So he's the key for them. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, another key, I think, and you probably want – you. I know you've definitely watched more Boston than I have this year, but uh, sixth man of the year just got announced, Malcolm Brogdon. How big has he been for the Celtics this year? Huge. And, and I love that acquisition. Um, you know, the Celtics are really deep at guard now, kind of quietly. I, I still think Marcus Smart is kind of underrated in a lot of aspects of his uh, game because people think I, of him as a defensive yeah. guy, but he's improved a ton offensively. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree so, with that. So he's a big-time playmaker. Uh, Derek White has had a huge year. Um, I mean, he's scoring like – he's getting 20 on almost a nightly basis, it feels like. So he's stepped up, and he's been able to really improve his three-point shooting. Then you have Brogdon and, of course, Jalen Brown in the backcourt. So that's four guys that are all not only scorers, but they can all facilitate and create for their teammates also. Mm-hmm. But – I'm going to go out on a limb. I think, I mean, I know they're the, the two seed. I think they're the best, the best team and not only the East, but probably the league. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say it because <laughs> I, I'll I, say it. I, I thought they were last year too. The one thing I will say is it's going to be Boston and Philadelphia in the next round. And that series is going to be horrible for my health. I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to take that because <laughs> I am not a Joel Embiid fan. I'm not a 76ers fan. I and it's it's going to be brutal because I think the winner of that series is in really good position. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I just think Boston is is a little bit better than all those teams. Yeah, got to they got to stay healthy though, and they got to take care of the basketball they still have stretches where they, they just get kind of careless with the basketball but then they can kind of flip a switch and and get things going again at least that's how it's been the past few weeks here so 
I, I, we'll see. I mean, that's just kind of how the NBA is in general. The games are so long that, you know, everybody's going to have stretches where they don't play that great. So I, I just I, – I want the Celtics to just get back to the finals. And, and I know it's tough because they're going to have to go through Philadelphia and Milwaukee, but I, I would just love for them to get another shot at it. Yep. I, I Again, I think they will. Um, talking about this series, do you think – they they sweep um, the Hawks. I mean, I think it's five games at the most, but I I I, I do think they're going to sweep. Atlanta just hasn't had a lot of answers for them. They look really puzzled defensively, and when the Celtics want to, they move the ball and share the ball offensively better than probably any other team in the league. So they're tough to defend at times for sure. Yeah, so I think I think Boston sweeps them. Um, now the only thing I'd say is, I mean, you could get a flute game, mm-hmm. um, down in Atlanta where Trey might just go nuts. Yeah. You know, throwing in logo threes and you know, whatever, whatever happens, happens. So I, you know, I would say five is probably the worst case scenario, but, um, outside of Denver, I would say Boston's got the best chance to, to sweep. So. Uh, I just, I, just, I think they get her done here. So I hope so. But it's gonna be big. I mean, we got three games tonight, all game threes. We got three games tomorrow night, um, and then Saturday there's four games. You've got two game threes and two game fours. So, um, and then Sunday another four games. Yeah, it's gonna be, and those are all game fours. So yeah. it's gonna be another jam packed. Uh, weekend of basketball it's been a blast i've watched a ton of nba and i i think it's been really good first round so far yeah so saturday i uh had the spring game on one tv and i had the nba playoffs on the other tv and then once the spring game was over i didn't care to watch penn state or anybody like that so um (laughs) i just uh i just you know watched the nba but it, it was fantastic it was awesome. It's so. still good. I, I still like it, man. I, I know a lot of people are down on the NBA right now, but I I, I love it. <clears throat> I do too, especially playoff time. Yeah. I, I know we talked a lot about it, but hey, one thing I did want to go back to. We'll go back to college football just real quick mm-hmm. or before we wrap things up tonight. Um, <laughs> spring games happen Saturday and. I caught a glimpse of Texas a little bit, just some highlights. <laughs> and I'm not really laughing at him, but I kind of am because, like, we hyped up Arch Manning this whole time. And, like, I don't know if you saw his performance, but it was awful. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, like, the most mobile Manning I've ever seen. But uh, other than that, there's not <laughs> a lot of positives. Uh, I just felt like uh, – I don't know if he threw a 10 yard out, if he could break a window. Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty odd. Wasn't it? The, the performance, like it, it was the, it was ugly. I he, just, I don't know that I've seen a kid that highly touted that, you know, five-star recruit that just, I don't know. He, he did not look, he did not look good. And I know he's, what is he? 17, 18 years old. I mean, not throwing anything at him, but Wow. Yeah, it, he's going to get his shot eventually. Um, but, boy, 
and I kind of feel for him because there has to be a lot of pressure there, right? Sure. On him to sure. perform. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I feel bad for him, but holy smokes. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it was not good. So, um, just had to throw that out there real quick. I don't know. I was thinking about spring games, that jump back <laughs> up and how how bad that was. So, <laughs> all right, man, I think that's it for this evening. Um, you got anything else to add? Nope, that's all I got. <laughs> no shout outs? I don't think so. I don't think so tonight. I don't have any. Okay. Want to remind you again, Wayne Trace Junior High Baseball Club, 5th Annual MS Golf Outing, Saturday, July 22nd, Sunday, July 23rd. Uh, Check-in time, 8 a.m. Shotgun started at 8.30. It's at All Glaze Golf Course over there in Defiance. Um, Contact John Adams, 419-235-4943. Again, $300 a team, $75 a golfer. Uh, it's a great, great um, benefit that they that they put on. I've had a great time. I've had the opportunity to golf in it um, last couple of years, and I tell you what, you get a lot of bang for your buck for that seventy five dollars. So, uh, if you don't have anything going on, get a hold of John Adams and go support uh, Wayne Trace Junior High Baseball Club. All right, man, that's it. And uh, hopefully next week we got the draft coming up. We're going to put together, hopefully, a little uh, draft preview. Um, can't wait to dive into that more. We just kind of a little bit of a time crunch tonight with different things going on. So, um, But, yeah, I cannot wait to catch up next week, talk some more NFL, and finally figure out next Thursday, week from tonight, where C.J. Stroud going to end up. I know. I, I still know, <laughs> and it still feels really up in the air. So. I'm I'm hoping the next couple of days we get a better idea, but it, I mean we might truly have to wait till next Thursday to really yeah, know. I think so. I think so. All right, man. Well, that does it for me. Um, sounds like you're you you don't have anything to add, so we'll wrap her up and talk to you maybe over the weekend or early next week. All right, Brett. Sounds good, man. All right. Yeah, let's do another episode of Across the Field. Peace out.